Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And it's always been my dream to have as many different accents on Resilience Podcast as I possibly can. And you know what? I have never had someone with a South African accent. And it's and and this is the moment at last I'm going to introduce you to Clint Davis. And when he starts to talk, you're going to hear the beauty of the South African accent. Clint, good afternoon to you. My goodness. Do you want me to just take it away for the next uh, couple of hours and we can make a go to sleep to the sound of my voice type app or something like that? But what's, what's, that, what's that? What's that? I appreciate it. <laughs> what's that whispering thing? ADSMR or whatever it is. Yeah. You can do two and a half hours of whispering and crackling uh, yeah. cigarette papers at us. Come on. So, Clint, thanks ever so much for joining us. Where are you in the world? <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, yeah, South African originally actually lived in um, in Dubai for six years. My wife and I then lived in Australia for two years. Los Angeles, which I facetiously refer to as a little place of its own next to America. Some points just uh, those who have lived in L.A. and left know what I mean. But uh, now I live at home in Austin, Texas. So um, although South African, we recently received our American citizenship, which was a 20 year journey towards that. And so all very exciting times, but yep, now uh, the new home is Austin, Texas, the new home of tech, I guess. So that's where we are. And actually, uh, getting a green card's pretty tough, isn't it? How did you manage that? It really is. It, it, it really can be tough. And uh, for those who may listen to this and go, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that process. I'm about to infuriate you completely because we didn't do it the tough way. We actually won the green card lottery at uh, a 0.73% chance of doing that. So quite a quite a phenomenal story, really. We, My wife and I grew up with a heart to live in America. And I guess we've always wanted to create change. And we always recognized America as foundational to creating world change. I still believe that. And um, that journey led us to attorneys that assured us we would never be able to live in the States. We didn't qualify financially or educationally. And so we entered the green card lottery through the USAFIS program and uh, ended up ended up being selected six years in. So that sort of expedites the service. They don't just hand you a green card, but they expedite it. And uh, through that process of FBI interviews and such, we managed to get here, spend the five years on the green card and then apply for citizenship. So a little bit of an expedited process, but uh, 
been a great journey and you know what a big shout out to all of those immigrants that do go through the long hard process because it can be extremely expensive and difficult and frustrating but um you know these are people that are choosing to live in a country which is quite remarkable really if you think about it as opposed to just your country of birth yeah yes and it's and it's interesting isn't it that idea of it's like selecting a name isn't it selecting a place to live is actually quite a big deal isn't it and and i guess what's interesting is we can go to a country but as you discovered there are countries within countries uh absolutely absolutely and and so you do see a big difference between austin and um la yeah yeah it's quite it really is quite something um you know the best way for me to answer that is people often ask us which country is the your favorite which is the one you've lived in that's been your favorite and there really isn't an answer to that it doesn't come down to the country as much as it does the people and we've had amazing friend groups in each of those countries but always knowing that we wanted to move on because our heart was always in the states and it's nice now to have a friend group where we know we're not going to move on but that friend group that social dynamic in los angeles is very different to the rest of the world you meet one person and they might introduce you to one of their friends and that friend is considered a friend because they see each other maybe twice a year yeah you know and i don't see friendship like that certainly south africans are very very hard in groups, you know, but that social dynamic in other places, when you are introduced to one person, they introduce you to a friend group, and then you feel that you found community. So Austin has that to answer your question, and that homeliness and that connectiveness, and that energy, and LA just didn't have that. So that certainly was the the fundamental difference for us. And, you know, I I often find a big correlation between look, purpose, risk, and change. And mm. adversity. And of course, it's interesting for you is you've actually had quite a degree of adversity at the beginning. So why don't you sort of bring us up to speed with that? And that might explain some of this ability to be able to take risks and generate your own luck. Yes. Yeah, thanks for that. I definitely um, I definitely consider resilience one of our greatest uh, characteristics that we've grown over this time. You know, it sounds glamorous when we speak about living in all these different countries. It certainly isn't. Um, when you grow up in a third world country, you cer- you certainly learn adversity quite quickly, yeah. particularly with the dynamic change that took place. We grew up under apartheid, and so we knew that system. That is what we what we understood. There was a lot of racial healing within us that had to take place um, over many years to not just fall in line with racism, and so that was a journey in and of itself. Um, you know, I remember being in school in South Africa where the first uh, black kids, excuse me if you're offended by the word black, but South Africans, we speak black and white. We just, yeah. I guess we're in the mode of discovering democracy to the point that we want to do away with um, terminology that confuses and really get to the nuts and bolts of it. But the first black kids came into our school and um, it was such an interesting period of time for us because there were those that abused them and there were my friend group that embraced them and went let's be buddies to the point that you know those guys became long-term friends and one of them even married my wife and at our and i at at our wedding and so it was really um a very early on mindset to deal with these sort of scenarios and that sort of um played out as we moved countries and faced different difficulties either budgetary or fitting into communities or um or things like that and uh that approach really became look this is where we are this is the decision we've made let's see this through not can we do it or can we flee 
but how do we do it? How do we yeah. work through this resilient point? Yeah. And there's been many of those resilient um, sort of stories that have gone along the way, uh, all the way from that sort of real radical dynamic in South Africa culturally through to eventually end up in Los Angeles on the brink of becoming homeless with systems that didn't work out on the move that we thought was going to be our dream. And um, then really uh, suffering with PTSD, with struggle, with uh, looking at my wife and seeing all the life that had been sucked out of her and having to, out of a place of absolute emptiness, buck up, make a decision, find a new place and make a new stand. And, and moving countries and moving cities or whatever, just gives you that opportunity to reinvent yourself but it's also the thing that allows you to leave stuff behind is that fair yeah absolutely uh you know it's a it's a very interesting dynamic i guess the more we, the more you mature the more you want to leave certain things behind mm. in your youth when you leave countries you kind of want to hang on to every nostalgic yeah. artifact and relationship the truth of out of sight out of mind is actually such a human factor when you live it, yeah. you know. Um, many friendships, many um, many uh, great acquaintances have certainly been lost along the way. The reinvention of self is very hard to translate back to people that you're not seeing face to face. And if you move countries, you're 100% right, you do. You have to reinvent yourself. The expats that we've seen that haven't made it are the yeah. ones that have wanted hold on to the homeland ideologies and not recognize that you're in a new country with a different culture and it's going to require you to change yeah. and somewhere in that mix if you can do a good job of finding the balance of your roots and um, pair it with where you are now then uh, i think you can become a pretty interesting tapestry of a person yes now, i think that's really fair i lived in dubai myself and right. my colleagues used to talk about living in the in the in the enclaves. So there was a sort of an Arabian enclave, uh, the uh, indigenous enclave, but also where the sort of westernized Brits used to live. And it was it was a soul-destroying place because it was a bit like a, a, um, a cliche of Britain. I mean, people were stopping for afternoon tea. And it was yeah. like, well, no one in Britain does that. And it's this <laughs> idea, you know, when you when you come to any country where they where the um where the community gets set, it gets stuck in its old ways. We see that in some of the communities in the, in the middle of England, you know, what things that don't take place in England uh, or in India or Sri Lanka or parts of that country. And yes, but they're, they're enshrined in the UK. So, so this idea of, um, you know, people moving at different speeds and you're right about the sort of nostalgia element. We're, and we're, and, and holding on to our past is important in terms of resilience. So isn't it? Because, it is. it's, it's part of who you are, but it's about how do you how do you adapt it for the future rather than how do you preserve it in that sense, I suppose? Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I mean, from chatting just briefly before the podcast, you know that everything about the business we're building right now has to do with exactly that preservation of story, preservation of of memory. And we can chat about that if you like. But I certainly do um, hear the echoing of what you've just said in that you you constantly fight this battle of what do you hold on to and what do you let go yeah. and what nostalgia is actually holding you back and certainly when it comes to engaging with a new culture there is much nostalgia that if held on to too tightly it will actually hold your relational growth back 
And, uh, you know, people speak about globalization. They don't speak so much about the sacrifice that's entailed in that. But there's massive sacrifice in leaving your people and finding a new. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, um, you know, the different structures, I think one one of the things I've found is I've had many different careers, and I know you have as well. And I think moving countries, moving environments, moving careers, moving jobs, moving types of jobs, or... um, yeah. And I know you're now you're sort of firmly in the entrepreneurial space, and and the entrepreneurial world is such that you have to have this resilience. You have to know that you are going to get things wrong, and and that is factored in as part of the the build process. Would you would you agree? Yeah, absolutely right. That's true. And it's interesting. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, speaking about failure and how we would define that. And I'm not sure that. This is probably sound quite prideful, but I'm not sure that I can necessarily put moments of our journey down to particular failures. I feel like the attitude we had towards each of them was a learning environment. Exactly. And I find that very difficult to define to define failure. But certainly, as you mentioned, the approach to it, the heartbeat of it is the willingness to fail, the willingness yeah. to have to learn from it, and then the humility that should come with it. Yeah. Uh, you're faced with that choice of humility or obstinance when you fail, right? But um, I think if you can come to a point where you're emotionally healthy enough to recognize that what may have been deemed by failure as others, because they're not with you the journey the whole way, right? They might be seeing you from a different country, a different reinvention, a different intra- entrepreneurial space that you're trying to do. Um, it might be defined as failure by their end. But if you can be emotionally stable enough to recognize the lessons therein, you don't really see it as failure anymore. You see it as growth. And, and it's interesting, isn't it? The semantics. It's, actually, you're chatting, talking about that. I was just thinking, actually, we, we do see failure as an end point rather than failure as a growth point. In proce- yeah. well, the process, failure is just you fail fast and you fail forward because actually it's just part of a process that says it's almost turning a corner from one place to the next. So, yeah. But it's interesting. It's a, it's a word with poor connotations, isn't it? It's probably another word to be built. So you're, you're working in the entrepreneurial space now. So, so for me, you expect failures because actually it is part of the growth process uh, and maybe pruning and, you know, learning to stop and let things go and leave things. You've got a track record of being able to do that. So maybe that equips you to be quite a skilled entrepreneur. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, I appreciate that. We, you know, it's been an interesting journey because a lot of my life was freelance. Um, other than the two major careers I had, one of which was 17 years in radio broadcasting to audiences of over 5 million listeners in four different countries, um, which is a magnificent journey of its own. The other was as a high performance driving instructor on racetracks and skid pads, teaching people how to uh, do extreme car control. And then outside of that, the freelance podcasting, interviewing, you know, uh, handling large events, that sort of thing. The biggest difference now is that much of that was really for myself. The risk I ran was just my own. And there's a there's a, a element of naivety in those spaces that you tend to become quite, um, quite dear with. You lean on it a little bit. Whereas now I have a team of two fellow incredible co-founders who I've been friends with collectively for 40 years, and I have to keep them in mind, their families in mind, the product we're building, we keep every single user and their families in mind. And you definitely do need to make a shift from just self 
to how your decision making plays out, how your emotional intelligence plays out, how your communication needs to amp up, not only to make sure that you keep those things pure, but that they're communicated effectively so that the heartbeat of everything you're creating as this entrepreneur version of yourself is actually relayed correctly and received in the correct light of what you're trying to do. Yes. And I think that's fascinating, isn't it? And uh, and then you moved into the business of memory. And I find, I really, as a psychologist, I find the the way memory is created, the, the way memory is stored and such like is, is an absolutely fascinating thing. We're finding out so much about it. But your business is more about the technology side of um, memory, if I understand it right. So why don't you, why don't you take me through what it is you're up to? Because it sounds... Uh, it sounds really quite exciting. And I know you're looking for investors. So I'm already I'm already looking forward to the pitch. Awesome. That's fantastic, Russell. I'm actually really interested in, uh, I'll very specifically end this tell off um, on the lines of neuroscience. So I'm interested to hear your your approach to that. I would say that you're, you've partly well-defined what we're building. It is tech, but we are building it very differently to most, most startups. And the human element of it is just as important as the tech element for us. And so everything we're building at the moment is from the user perspective. What we're building is a company called Capsule, that's C-A-P-S-L-L. And it is an app platform, it's brand new, but very contrast to what we've built previously in this space. So I recognize the social media platforms and all of that, and that's great. And to be honest, there's honor where honor's due because we wouldn't be able to iterate like this had we not seen that ground broken open. However, we also recognize all of the detrimental things about such platforms. When we see things like likes, comments, hostile environments, many not going onto these pages anymore other than to check their memories, then we start to understand that we're actually living in quite a sentimental generation. And we have failed to digitally save our stories in first person mm -hmm. and part one. We used to write biographies. We used to have, at the very least, shoeboxes of photographs. But right now, our digital content, where we believe our memories are being saved, actually doesn't belong to us. It belongs to those platforms. And they are scattered across social media, impossible to pass on through generations. So what we're building is a platform that allows people to create digital time capsules. capsules you can put whatever elements of your life you'd like to put in there it might be school days it might be wedding it might be whatever you want to put in that capsule and in each one you can put video audio pictures to your heart's content however that capsule you can either share publicly if you think it'll inspire others but most importantly you can share it privately and that can be passed down generationally and so generations from now your family members will know your story not from a shoebox but as told by you in first person and we think that is an extremely powerful thing to bring back to humanity. We think that we both impact the individual value of life and the collective um, tapestry of humanity in valuing each other's lives while considering your own. And so uh, the main shift from what digital content has become to what we believe we can shift it back to with actual meaning is, uh, is the big mission that we're on. And... The word that was going through my head the whole time you were talking, and I suddenly found it on your site, was the word legacy. Because actually, yeah. what was going through my head is that this is a way of creating your business legacy or the legacy or life legacy. So if you're a public figure, you're, you're curating, I've never said that word, curating yourself yeah. rather than being curated by other people in a way. And, and because then it's, it's your truth, isn't it, rather than somebody else's view of you. Uh, 
Is that, is that fair? Yes, that's totally fair. And it, it hits on some of the heartbeats of what we're building as far as when I speak about looking at it from a user perspective and not from just a company trying to make money on another platform. We have zero advertising. We do not collect any data from our users and all of your content belongs to you. So if you want to leave a platform, you can actually request the content from our platform and we'll just allow you to download it and you can take it at any stage. It belongs to you truly. Um, however, when we when we look at the 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 legacy factor, this thing of passing things on, you're 100 percent right. It could be your personal stories. It could be your career. It could be your company. It could be whatever. The difference is that we're asking people to engage on a human level instead of just looking at an advert and going, oh, that's a company. We, we, we there's so much noise right now from likes to comments to other people defining who you are. If you have control over that, the peace of mind that it brings, the noise that it, and the clutter that it cuts out is quite remarkable. Um, yeah. Even in our testing with our test group, people are saying, wow, this is really quite different. I don't feel the burden of social medias, of other people defining me by their comments or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, again, super interested in the human element. And one of the things that I'll, I'll swing back to you is the impact of neuroscience in the app, because Many people don't know how to tell their stories. So we have a whole coaching feature through the app that helps you tell your story. So what you're leaving is full and meaningful. But while you remember certain memories, the neuroscience is such that while you're telling a particular story, you are bound to remember other memories related to that yeah. memory, related to that story. The same as sitting with a friend from school who you may never get into a certain conversation about a certain instance or a certain thing that happened unless you have this conversation with a long lost friend you sit back after going wow we wouldn't have spoken about that if we didn't meet up and speak about our school days yes. and neurologically you're being prompted by that in that in that moment and so those yes. prompts are something we're very aware of in the app to help people remember things certainly i do i i forget many of my memories and so it's probably a personal pursuit you know but to remember the fullness of your story and those gems that we've so long forgotten and that really is your legacy that every life is valuable Every life has a story to tell. Every life can impact generations to come with that story, whether you know it now or not. But let's save that story properly. I think there's a, that's really fascinating because, of course, my mind was immediately shifting into the dementia world where people are looking for ways to be able to recapture themselves uh, because what happens is they get these massive blanks in their current memory so I can see this being you know having a massive application there but also it's it's sort of a thing I was thinking for my own purposes thinking this is a way of being able to have a different way of thinking about IP as well this is a this is a way of being able to talk about how IP was created on and on the date and having a different way of capturing digital IP rather than having to go through trademarking bodies and such like because this is a, pl a place where you can actually ascertain this is the date it happened. This is the context. context. And I think that's a part of the legacy thing there. So, um, yes, yeah, fascinating. You know, that, the, the way you're engaging with that line of thought is, uh, is telling me that we're doing a good job of what we're doing, what we're putting out and what we're describing. Because when we, ca when we circle back to the dementia and even the Alzheimer's area, that is on our long-term plan for the company. We want to partner with research partners like that. We want to look at what we can include uh, by way of whatever tech is out there. Let's take the most simple in the sense of binaural beats. Can those be included to jog memories? Uh, how can we include that in the platform? So that is a big heartbeat of ours. 
Um, but we also recognize that um, if you were to be faced with the difficulty of having to send a loved one into a care facility, let's say, for example, for dementia, then how amazing would it be for that caretaker to be able to watch a capsule that you have put together of who you are and how your memories are and the care you would get would be vastly different to the care you would get without knowing that person. And yeah. so there are many applications like that one that we are focused on. We think about the terminally ill being able to leave their story for their kids um, who will outlive them. We think about military servicemen being able to leave time capsules that have a date stamp on them that are only open at a certain time in case of worst case scenario. And then, yes, you're 100% right. In IP, we focus on uh, artists, authors, people like this that actually have a lot of difficulty with distribution. And we're disrupting that space where we starting to look at how they can do modern things like NFT their content and actually exactly. own it with a digital stamp and and um, digital time capsules on capsule. I won't give all the tech away, obviously, because, you know, we, we're still going to scale and we don't want everybody copying our thing. But I will tell you that we we have all of those applications um, in the build. And it's very exciting because they all boil down to the human element. If you create something, you should own it. You should have it. And you should have the power to share it the way that you want to share it with whom you want to share it with, without hostile comment towards your creativity. Yeah. And so there are many heartbeats, that's certainly one of them. And so you want people to go and have a look at capsule.app. So that's C-A-P-S-L-L.app. Uh, yes. And then you can have a good look around at the website. And are you looking for investment? Is this part of the, the idea of this? Russell, you know, um, when you start out, when, you, when you're a founder and you, and you start a startup, your dream is that you'll raise one lot of money and then that will be it and it'll ride forever and unicorns yeah. and rainbows will happen and you'll never have to ask anyone for money again. The, the truth of the matter is you never stop uh, taking investment right? Because you want to keep iterating. And some of the big ideas I've thrown out to you about what we're building certainly are not a feature set. It's not like an Instagram app where it's just going to make your pictures look prettier, right? This is a full functional platform ecosystem with many application sets. And so we'll never stop raising. So yes, we continue to raise money. In fact, um, my co-founder, uh, Sam Sayed, has just come off 15 years of uh, finance in the finance world. He's actually left that role, a very, very um, affluent role in order to be full-time in capsule. That's how he believes in it. And uh, that's drawing many eyes to it as far as investment goes. And so, yes, we are always open to investment and uh, we are actively raising at this time. Um, so, yes, is the, is the short answer. And will we ever see the end of that? No, is the short answer to that. So we continue to do the work of the founders. And without being too flippant, you don't have to have a beard to work there. But I mean, I'm just looking at all well, the, the ruggedly handsome pictures on that site. Actually, oh, Russell, it is. Beard is. Uh, we, we have considered <laughs> putting English. in the bylaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the shaved head, it goes without saying. I think this is the new norm, you know? So uh, Very Austin Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, well, look, uh, actually, it is absolutely awesome. fascinating. I didn't think we were going to go in this direction, but I'm really pleased we did. And it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's so obvious how what you're doing now really links back to the past. So the site again is capsll.app. Clint, if anybody else wants to find out some of your work, where else can they find you? 
Yeah, we're on LinkedIn. Uh, for the time being, we're on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I truly mean for the time being because we um, obviously will be exclusive on Capsule at some point. But uh, they can find us on those. Our Instagrams are easy to find, uh, capsule.app uh, on their Capsule on Facebook. And uh, you can directly connect with Capsule on LinkedIn or myself, Clint Davis on LinkedIn. Happy to do that. And uh, then obviously, as you've mentioned already, please do hit the website and join the waitlist so that you are informed of when the app goes live, which will be uh, a month to six weeks from now. Um, and uh, yes, very exciting times. We, I'll just say this, we, we shy away from being seen as another app in the market. We shy away from being seen as just another platform that's trying to get users. What we would um, truly appreciate you considering us as is the start of a new movement which involves you in saving not just your personal histories but in that world history too which yeah. is passed on as great value to generations yeah. and so we are on a mission quite literally as as I started this with to save the world to change the world and that is not based on an app it's a based on people's stories for yeah. which we are merely creating a platform for you to safely hold them and pass them on. And that's yeah. the heartbeat of the company is people. And let's face it, it's one of the biggest human needs. I mean, we're driven by stories from the very beginning to, and this is just a, another iteration of that process, isn't it? Right. And everybody wants to be known. We know that need. Yeah. Everybody wants Brilliant. to be known. So, you know, it's, I mean, it goes from me. Yeah. It goes from, go on, sorry, I interrupted you. Sorry, I apologize. We broke up a little bit there. Um, it goes from me sitting here in this very office, uh, wanting to put all the stories down of all the amazing experiences I've had through my radio career and such for my kids one day, but have them know who I am now uh, and why I am who I am now from all those stories to the other side of the spectrum of wanting to know my grandfather's stories, who was an orphan and became a very powerful CEO. And I can't have those now, particularly not in first person because he's passed many years ago. So there is this deep need in us to know and to be known. And uh, we hope that we can live up to the expectation of everybody that wants to engage in that. Absolutely. I mean, that's what the whole ancestry market's based on. Clint, it's been a, a joy to talk to you today, and that's absolutely fine. Uh, great. In our show notes, you'll be able to find how to get in touch with Clint and the organization. It's been a real joy to talk to you. Thanks for spending time with us today. Truly appreciate it, Russell. And, you know, it would be a miss for me if I didn't just say one last thing, that you told me you're in England and you've got this Bali-type, beautiful, tropical backdrop behind you. And uh, England has certainly changed by the looks of things. This is what Newcastle upon Tyne's like now. You think it used to be a grim old industrial city? No, no, we have the palm trees. <laughs> Take I'm care. interested. If you're taking pictures, I'm interested. Thank you, Russell. Appreciate it. Yes. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. 
For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.